today, I'm talking to Oba Femi Ajayi. Early in college, Oba identified the lack of generalist career guidance and identification amongst college clubs. To change this, he created Head Start, a nonprofit focused on providing freshmen and sophomores guidance on career selection and advancement. In this episode, Oba discusses the details of creating Head Start, practical advice for starting an organization, and much more. Hey y'all, I'm Chinmay Pingel, and this is the Young Money Podcast. Through my early adult life, I've always wanted to find a way to make money. As I go through college and the corporate life is awaiting around the corner, I continue wanting to find new hustles, which hopefully can one day take over a corporate job. The Young Money Podcast is for listeners who are looking for new, innovative ways to make money in a way that is feasible for young adults. If you think you or someone you know is making money in a way that people would be interested in hearing about, please email me at cmpingale at gmail.com. What's up, Oba? How are you? I'm doing well, doing well. How are you? I'm okay. Thanks for asking. How was your weekend? Did you do a lot? It was was interesting. It was hot. Um, yeah it's very hot on Thursday and Friday so that was like fun but it's still hot I don't have AC is your is your um school schedule tricky this semester no um it's actually pretty good I have classes 9 30 Monday through Thursday and then I have classes at two on Monday through Thursday so there's like a nice gap to like do other things you're only taking two classes no so I have four classes so I have two on Tuesday, Thursday, and two Monday. Oh, okay, okay, got it. That is nice. That sounds like a pretty well spaced schedule. Um, cool. Well, as I mentioned, I had some like questions prepared, and I think like the a good place to start is just you explaining what like Head Start is and like how you kind of thought of beginning it. Yeah, happy to. Um, I think. I'll start with like the sort of stories, like how it came to be. I really just took some time to reflect as to like my freshman year experience and like things that I thought could have been done better as well as like gaps where I thought I could help fill. So I think the first big thing was like mentorship. So like coming into UT, I didn't really know anyone, but I did like the summer camps they have for high schoolers. And my camp counselor was Nairi, which you know as well. Yeah, yeah. And like when I first came in, I didn't understand he had to apply to clubs. I didn't know clubs were actually competitive to get into. I didn't know if you can get in freshman fall, you might never get in again, et cetera. And now yeah. you know, like, start recruiting freshman fall, et cetera. So, like, at first I was just chilling. And then, you know, Nairi starts bothering me, like, hey, like, what clubs are you applying to? Blah, blah, blah. I'm like, you have to apply to clubs. Mm-hmm. And then I really took some time to reflect, like, now I'm like, wait so if I never applied to like these clubs I probably wouldn't have ever got these opportunities and it's like it all started with Nairi mm-hmm. so I want to like build a platform for where like people that come from similar backgrounds and sort of be connected to mentors who can actually help them get that sort of head start and advantage to really hit the ground running once like school starts because like things are so fast now whether it's like recruiting joining clubs etc and I think the second sort of gap is along the lines of professional discovery within the business world mm-hmm. so I think there's a lot of like great clubs that are like x so like great finance clubs great tech clubs great consulting clubs etc but mm-hmm. like i think the first question you have to answer is like what do i actually want to do 
And yeah. I think most people don't ever spend the time to answer that question. They just do like whatever their friends are doing, leading to like, I don't know, let's say 60% of people don't like banking or, or, or consulting without actually knowing what that entails or if they actually want to do it. It just becomes that's what everyone else is doing. So yeah. our goal is really to help freshmen and sophomores come in and really discover what they want to do like within the business world and serve as the launch pad for them to achieve those goals. Okay, that makes sense. And I agree that that is a really big problem like of not knowing what you want to do. I know for me, it like took like three internships in different like industries to even get an idea of which one I like uh, industries and like job types of which one I wanted to uh, kind of go into. So like when did the, when did Head Start begin? Like when did you create it? Um, yeah. So we were ideating since like last August, just mm-hmm. trying to narrow down us like what we're going to do, how it's going to be structurally. Yeah. And then we kind of came to our sort of final sort of plan around November and then we opened up our first applications around December, so just under a year ago. Okay. And now we're on our cohort two. Got it. Well, that's exciting. Congratulations. Um, and so how did you go about? So I'll first talk about kind of the marketing aspect and then I'll kind of go deeper into the actual program. But like, how did you find, how did you get the word out to students? Because I think that's something like. A lot, a lot of college students, like I understand this is nonprofit, but I think with anything, whether it's a business organization, something else, getting the word out is probably really, really difficult. Um, like what was your strategy to reach out to as many students as you could? Yeah, so kind of structurally, Head Start's kind of like the two-sided marketplace you can think. So there's like student mm-hmm. mentors who are like upperclassmen, and then there's like okay. developers with freshmen and sophomores. Yeah. So we were able to like leverage our initial like student mentors, like posting their school slacks, posting mm-hmm. their group chats, et cetera. I think another thing that ended up working out pretty well is like one of the mentors is like pretty famous on TikTok. I think he has like 20,000 followers on TikTok and he makes uh-huh. like college niche content. So like that worked out pretty well. I think like somewhere like a fourth of our applications came from TikTok. And oh, wow. TikTok so he people. posted, he posted about Head Start and then. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Nice. So he's just like, if you're interested in blah, 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 and you want a mentor and doing blah, 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 check this out and people yeah, actually check it out. <laughs> well, that sounds like it. I mean, it's a very um, targeted audience. So yeah, I feel like that that is a very good marketing channel. So what was the incentive? Um, because I've heard of a lot of mentorship opportunities in terms of like upperclassmen helping younger classmen, whether that's like through the school, through an organization, stuff like that. Like, what are y'all doing differently to make sure like those relationships last and like that those upperclassmen even have like an incentive to come and join and help out? Yeah, I think that's a great question. I think one is sort of making sure there's like high engagement standards. So mm-hmm. it's like setting the precedent early, like, okay, if you want to be here, like you have to do X, Y, and Z to be here or like your spot's not guaranteed. And I think another thing too is like you said, like everybody needs an incentive. So for like our student mentors, we have like professionals who were also involved. Mm-hmm. So like for our student mentors, the incentive is like access to the professional mentors, as well as like they also use each other's like resources. So let's say like somebody's doing X higher view. It's mm-hmm. like what's the questions on the higher view? Like somebody's probably done it. Well, like whether you're a freshman, sophomore, or junior, you're like you probably still want to know the questions on, on yeah. the higher view, right? Yeah. So one thing that's like super important that to us sense. is sort of community and really having that engagement there. I think like mm-hmm. a lot of orgs like are cool but they're like too serious 
So yeah. we're trying to be productive, but like in a great manner, we're like, we're all friends and we're all mm-hmm. with each other as well as like, you're more incentivized to stay engaged if like you feel the other people in the org are your friends. Yeah, that makes sense. So is this an org through the school or you're just doing it like outside of the school? Yeah, so it's outside of UT. We have over 40 schools represented in our first cohort. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. How many people are in each cohort? Yeah, so first cohort was 40 fellows and 40, 45 or so student mentors. Mm-hmm. And our next cohort, we set, we expected to grow around 50 to 70%. So we expect, right now, I think we have like 70 student mentors and we expect to take somewhere around like 70 to 80 fellows. Why do you, like, what's causing this growth? Yeah, I mean, it's so interesting because when we first started, it was just going to be like, I literally only had like 12 of my friends who were student mentors. I was mm-hmm. like, oh, we're just going to take 12 kids. Yeah. But I think over time, like, as things, as like, when things are good, they sort of sell themselves. Mm-hmm. So I think a lot of like the people that are applied are like, oh, my friend told me about it or, oh, oh I suppose the person was in it. Yeah. But yeah, I think it's like the product is good and we have to sort of keep it up so that people can still want to be a part of it yeah i i agree i think that's kind of the best way things could grow um because i know there's a lot of people who like try to start some like initiative or something like that and then it probably dies out like after a year um but it's good that the cohort's growing have you like where have you been a student mentor um at this point or are you kind of just doing the administrative like organizational stuff yeah, so in cohort one, I had two sort of fellows that were like my mentees. Uh-huh. So yeah, I mean, it was it was a really fulfilling experience. I think like a lot of people have questions, and just building an environment where people are comfortable comfortable to ask those questions is like sort of super fulfilling. It's always uh-huh. like seeing people do cool things. So it's like, hey, hey, you came in thinking x and then now you're doing y and like we helped you get to y like that's super fulfilling yeah. as well as like even just seeing you grow from a learning perspective whether it's like hey i came like everybody comes and saying i want to be a banker and then you're like mm-hmm. wait i actually really want to spend time with my family like maybe i shouldn't be a banker mm-hmm. like just seeing you even grow that yeah. way is still on my end i bet so when you were a student mentor could you talk about like most of what it was that you were actually doing because I know you mentioned like it's a matter of like discussing and letting them know their options but could you like kind of walk me through generally what what would happen every week or every month or whatever interval yeah so as a student mentor there's like a couple of responsibilities Uh, one Mm -hmm. has to do with like programming yeah so we have sort of general programming that all fellows go through folks on just like professional personal development so you can Mm -hmm. think like communications building your personal brand your resume etc things like you'll need or else what you want to do so the way we have those sessions up is like the leadership team sort of comes up with like lesson plans then we have some of our student mentors kind of like make the deck and present it so that way one it like emphasizes that community aspect was like you might not know everyone if you don't get any facetime yeah it's a good opportunity for facetime there and then the other big part is that one-on-one relationship. So we don't really have like a mandatory requirement as far as like frequency one would have to meet with their mentee or fellow. Mm-hmm. But we usually say like at least every two weeks because there's always like questions and you want to build yeah. up that sort of uh, comfortable space. Yeah. I think one thing we've been emphasizing a lot more too is like rather than matching people based on like sort of professional interests, the best sort of relationships are more so on like personal interests. Agreed. Like if you guys are yeah. both into the same brand, both mm-hmm. into the same sport, et cetera. Like, even if you guys have nothing real to talk about, like, you guys are still going to want to meet to talk about whatever that subject may be. Yeah, 
I that last part I definitely agree with. I actually think most most of my networking is not like trying to like just be super professional with someone. I think it's usually like finding something that we have in common and talking about it. Even in interviews, I do that a lot. Um, that makes sense. I think the last thing before I kind of move on to like a more more universal lessons that you've gotten is like kind of like what is your goal um, with like the cohort um because I know you're going to graduate what in like two years or less um so like what are you where are you trying to take this and like what's the end goal yeah I think obviously one goal is helping people discover what they want to do and helping mm -hmm. them get there but I think as far as like making sure this is something that stands the test of time that's like something that's super top of mind and the way we kind of think about it is like we want has to be like an ecosystem rather than like an organization so that way mm -hmm. there's like something to do for you or else like where you are in sort of life and in college. Yeah. So you can think like, let's say you join as a fellow as a freshman or a sophomore. You do that for, let's say, one to two years and then you can be a student mentor. Mm -hmm. And then after like your student mentor, you can be like a programming lead, helping lead X programming, join our leadership team, et cetera. So we always yeah. want there to be different roles that you can play. And then also we have like professionals involved and we call them like professional partners. So rather than getting assigned like a mentee or two, they're more so the point of contact, like when there's actual sort of niche questions that like you need sort of professional experience to answer, as well as we have them in like our community where like they talk about random stuff sometimes in Slack. It's pretty mm -hmm. fun. One of our uh, professional partners, Katie, she graduated from Harvard undergrad, went to Stanford Business School, and like <clears throat> she made a B reel yesterday and she was posting, <laughs> she posted uh, yesterday funny. And like, I just made a B-reel. Um, I need you guys to add me so I can be cool or something. <laughs> just funny. like seeing things like that is great because like she's very far out from undergrad, right? Mm -hmm. But she's yeah. still playing a role in the ecosystem. So hopefully like <laughs> I, three years from now, I'm like Katie where I'm not super, super hands-on, but I'm still in the ecosystem talking to people, helping out where I can. That makes sense. That makes sense. Um, I think that's like a, I think that's a great answer too. Um, last question before I move on to the universal things that I just thought of. Um, other than having those professional partners, or it could it could just be the answer is professional partners. What are y'all doing differently? Because a lot of the things you mentioned when you listed off like, oh, lessons plan, resume building, personal brand. I feel like I've heard in like BA 101 or like whatever, the intro to right. business um, classes at whatever school. What are y'all doing differently um, to like from them? Yeah, I mean, I think it boils down to a couple of things. I think one is community again. Mm -hmm. I think in like a lot of classes slash orgs, yeah, yeah, like most true. classes slash orgs, like you don't actually talk to people outside of the org. You guys mm -hmm. talk because you guys have to for the org. Yeah. So yeah. I think that's like one big point. I think another thing too is like really just building that sort of flywheel where it's like mm -hmm. you get something out of it and then you want to put something into it. Yeah. And then there's always sort of something that you can get out of it. Mm -hmm. I'll say those two things are like things that are unique, but even from like a programming perspective, as well as like a mission perspective, like I don't know another org that their goal is like professional discovery. Like mm -hmm. there's a lot of orgs that are like, again, finance. That's true. Yeah. Well, yeah. like one org is really trying to help you figure out what the right answer is. And I think like, mm -hmm. if you don't answer that question, then you're probably going to end up in a job that like you don't like and leave after like six to 12 months. Yeah. And like sort of thing you get out, in finding the job that's actually best for you, whether it's like best for two years, three years, mm -hmm. is a lot more valuable than like a lot of, in learning more finance technicals, right? Like that'll help yeah. you get a job, but do you actually want that job? Yeah, I agree with that. Um, and I know that's even something right now that I'm still like battling with. Um, 
As far as universal lessons go, I think a lot of students in one way or another generally do try to organize a group of students to do something, whether that's for a business, a student org, something else. Um, what do you think was kind of the biggest learning lesson there when it actually came down to like organizing? And so I, I, I don't know if you're like, um, do you like understand what I'm trying to get at? Like, not necessarily just an organization, but just that process of bringing students together and potentially mentors too. No, I, I think I think that's a, a good question. Yeah, there are definitely a lot of interesting takeaways. I think one, um, like incentives drive everything. So mm -hmm. like initially there wasn't really well thought out and sort of incentive system. Mm -hmm. But like over time, people are starting to like, we're starting to build out incentive systems as well as like people are starting to see like the value proposition and things they can get out of it. I think another thing too is like your team, mm -hmm. like you can only do so much. And I think like one thing initially was like, I was trying to do everything, but like I literally cannot. Yeah. But like over time we were able to build out a really good team where like there's people that are really good at X thing. And like that X thing is very important for like this organization to survive. And mm -hmm. like, if I were to do X thing, it would probably be like 50% worse. So really just yeah. identifying your weaknesses early and trying to leverage like your team and building out a team that can sort of fill in the gaps mm -hmm. as like, and do everything um i'll say another thing too is like storytelling and marketing is very very important like yeah at first, like i was all about like what's going on internally let's build but it's like you can have i don't know you can have a bar of gold right but yeah. like, if it just looks like a rock like no one cares right yeah but if you're able to wrap it up nicely yeah. tell the story show yeah. people what's going on then like more people would be interested. And I think like at first we were just focused on like what's happening internally. But over time we realized like, why don't we post like what event just happened? Like why, uh -huh. why not? Like, there's a sort of lost. <laughs> yeah. Thing, yeah, I agree. And you mentioned a lot of good points. The incentive thing. Absolutely. I think that is something that people always glaze over and they think like people are just willing to do them service. But I think it's actually the opposite. And you like need to do even more to get everyone, like all the pieces together. Um, I think the second thing you mentioned was um, like dividing out the work with the teams. That is something I've heard a lot of really, really, really smart people who I've like also talked in person and like also on this podcast have mentioned like your team, literally your idea can be horrible, but if there's a really good team around it, uh, that's like all really that needs to be there. Um, and I know that's something I try to focus on a lot with like the projects I'm working on. Um, and then lastly, which is actually what I want to get into, which is the storytelling part. Um, that I absolutely agree with. I've been like, I've preached that since probably like before freshman year began, because with like a speech and debate background, I always like put a bunch of emphasis on like the actual saying. And I know doing is important, but there's actually times where I think like saying is more important um, and how you say it. So could you kind of tell us what the story you put forward is or like how you created that or like how you would recommend someone create a story? Yeah, I think at the end of the day, everything boils down to like problem how you're the solution and how you're the right solution or the unique solution. Mm -hmm. So uh, things you think like product, sort of the founder and then like founder market fit. I think that's yeah. basic, like tech. So like with Head Start, I think one difference, like a lot of these sort of organizations that are like multi-school national orgs mm -hmm. is like the people that run them aren't in school anymore. Yeah. And it's like, that's one unique edge we have. Like we actually know what companies people want to work at, what are mm -hmm. people actually interested in, what are top concerns, et cetera. 
So yeah. like when trying to talk with companies, when trying to talk with professionals, like we have a sort of unique insight that like they just wouldn't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think another thing along those lines too, kind of going back to like marketing, it's like TikTok. Mm-hmm. It's like, I don't know any org that's in a similar niche that's like they're yeah. marketing TikTok very heavily, <clears throat> very heavily, right? And that's like one thing we're sort of really dependent on. So yeah, I think it's like important to be able to identify like why you're the right person, sort of frame your sort of problem. Like when we first started, I think like we were just talking about mentorship, mm-hmm. but now we're able to narrow down to like pretty specific things, right? Yeah. Professional discovery and helping you get to whatever that looks like within the business world. Mm-hmm. And like at first, like I thought this was just going to be an org where like we'd have a medical vertical, et cetera. Yeah. But you can't do a hundred different things. Like we focus yeah. on just the business world and mm-hmm. that's where we're going to continue to focus yeah that makes sense and i think that's i think that's a good takeaway i think just there can be value in like for example getting really deep into like tiktok as a form of marketing where a lot of people aren't um and i think tiktok in general has its advantages and is still fairly untapped when it comes to this definitely this space it's definitely untapped um so i applaud you for um taking that step forward with tiktok um would you say like what what do you think like was there one time or like one moment where you were like okay like this is gonna work or like that really like proved like was like a proof to you that this concept um can work yeah I, I wouldn't say like a specific point in time but just like over time here seeing just people a lot of people reach out to me saying mm-hmm. like oh i heard about head start through yeah. x flow and like they've been having such a great experience well us like learn more when our application's opening i think that's mm-hmm. always like it, it hits my heart i'm like wow like, <laughs> i don't deserve this and yeah. i think another thing too is just when seeing people achieve things like uh one of our fellows they grew up um sort of without sort of uh consistent housing uh-huh. And like they sent me a message saying like this is their first time sort of in a position of financial security. Wow. And they don't think they would have passed their interview process without Head Start as well as like they don't uh-huh. think they would have bought the opportunity. And for me, I was just like, oh my gosh, like I was literally on the bus in New York crying. I was like, wow. Yeah, like, no, that's insane. So you're yeah, changing, really you're changing lives out here, Ova. Like really. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that is so. yeah, that is amazing. Um, how do you balance like I, like how do you balance doing this with school with work or like recruiting for work or whatever like what's your kind of way you maintain your schedule yeah I think it's it's a really interesting question um because we for me like I, this is what always comes to mind is like we all have tw- we all have 24 hours right yeah. somehow Elon Musk runs three billion dollar companies <laughs> yeah so like I don't really have much of an excuse I'm just in class and I'm recruiting mm. and running yeah organization like uh-huh. those are probably very much easier feats mm-hmm. but i think it's just like trying to build consistent habits so like for me i have like an hour blocked off every day i just call it like my head start hour on my calendar where like i just mm-hmm. do head start specific stuff i think another thing as far as like school stuff goes is just like trying to get ahead yeah so like, don't do this week's homework do next week's homework like you've already <laughs> done this week's homework yeah i think another thing too that i like didn't do before is like actually using class time wisely like uh-huh. before in class, I would probably be doing something else. Yeah. Then when I get home, I have to actually figure out what we just did in class. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it's pretty paradoxical, but I feel like a lot of us are guilty of that. Like we're yeah. something else on our computer. Mm-hmm. So yeah, just actually utilizing uh sort of class time wisely. And I think it really just all boils down to like prioritization. So like if I have a big interview coming up or something, like I'll do more delegation during that period than if mm-hmm. I have something like that or if I had exams coming up. 
I do more delegation, et cetera. But yeah, yeah. planning ahead and sort of prioritizing. Like if Elon can run through billion dollar companies, you can do a couple of things. <laughs> uh, I agree with that. Um, I know I like, um, I think for me, at least the projects I'm working on, whether that's this podcast or other things, um, things can get really overwhelming. And when I say that, it's not even like, oh my God, there's so much stuff to do. It's like, you know, you have to do something, but then there's like 10 other things and then you can forget it and stuff like that. Do you have a process? And then I can kind of share what I do uh, to like handle things like that. Yeah. For me, like, I just like, I like to write things down. Mm -hmm. Um, I also like to just spend time to reflect. Yeah. So like usually when I wake up, I don't do anything. I might just sit on the ground for like 10 minutes and just think. So I think Uh a lot of people like we're just, we're quick to do, but oftentimes like we don't plan. Mm -hmm. So I think just building out some time to like think, and then with like Headstar, we run a lot of like our productivity stuff on like Slack and Asana. So okay. like just making sure like if I think of something, mm-hmm. like I don't need to write much, just make sure it's on Asana because like I'm going to see it again on Asana and somebody else is going to see it again on yeah. Asana. What is, like, Asana? what is Asana? What is Asana? Yeah, so it's kind of like a, a business productivity platform. Okay. Um, It's like you can think of it like a Google Tasks, but for okay. a team. So like you can throw things under different projects. You can assign them to different people. You can put deadlines on them. You can put like subtasks that need to get done before the main task okay. get done. Yeah. So it's like really, really helpful, especially when you're, I think like when you're working with a really large team, it yeah. can be chaos, but if you have like a team mm-hmm. of like seven or eight, like it's perfect and it's free if you yeah. use under 15 people. So mm-hmm. for us, that's been like super helpful. That makes sense. And I do something kind of similar. It's not as organized, but uh, there's like an app called Google Keep. um, And it's just like a really simple website. I was like using it since I was a kid. um, And I just jot down whatever for that. Um, So I agree. I do the same thing. Um, That like, I think the only other thing I would wonder when it comes to this is like, when you are like, you mentioned like that uh, a competitive, a competitive, a competitive edge of Head Start is that you are a student. And I agree. I think there's a lot of advantages to that, especially because you're obviously a student that knows what they're doing, kind of knows the landscape. Um, but what about when you're not a student anymore? Are you just going to hand the reins to like someone else? Yeah, I think it's a great question. I think like one thing that's been top of mind literally since we first started is like thinking about like who's going to run this after us. Okay. But I yeah. think like if, I was to graduate today, like I already know who's gonna run the organization. Like they're already on mm-hmm. our leadership team. They were a fellow and our yeah. on it. Like they were they were our best fellow. They're super mm-hmm. engaged, super bought into the mission. So yeah. I think it's like it's an important part of like delegation is like slowly ramping those people up because like you don't want them to be a, yesterday be a fellow and say we run the organization. Mm-hmm. But it's like if you have a one year ramp up, like by the end of that year, you should be in a really, really good position to sort of uh run the org. So, yeah, I do think that'll be like a, a consistent edge because I think the flywheel that we have is pretty unique where like you come in, ideally as a freshman, not knowing much. Yeah. And you, you're a junior and like now you're a student mentor. You have a mm-hmm. nice internship. We helped you get there. So you really feel incentivized and really bought into the mission. So, yeah, yeah. I do think it's very important to like plan very much ahead as far as like that goes. Because mm-hmm. I've seen like a lot of great orgs like slowly decline yeah. as sort of original leadership team goes on to life Mm -hmm. yeah i agree and i've seen that as well um the last section here is just like with your personal goals like like what do you want to do and like is it is it like 
are you just planning on like doing entrepreneurial stuff? Because a lot of the things you're talking about right now, and even in this podcast is very much like, it's, I mean, you're growing a business, even though it's just nonprofit. Um, And so like, what is that? What are your goals there? You kind of want to go the corporate route. Like, have you thought about it for yourself when it comes to like landscaping all the options? Yeah, it's uh, it's an interesting question. I would say my long-term goal is to like either build a company or help scale a company. Mm-hmm. Well, for me, the question is more so along, along the lines, like what do I do to get there? As well as like, when do I want to do it? And how do I want to yeah. do it? I think like one thing that I've learned about myself over the last like 10, 12 months is like, I don't think I'm in the best position to like pick what company I would want to work for. Mm-hmm. Like I had like a notes document with like companies I was interested in working in. And like yeah. one of them's bankrupt now. Most of them, their stocks are down at least like 75%. Uh-huh. So like just understanding the fact that like I need to spend some more time and like developing my sort of mental models around like what works as like yeah. a valuable asset. Mm-hmm. And I think that's like one good selling point is like financial services and like consulting is like, you're not dedicated to one thing and it gives know, you like yeah. more time to figure out what that one thing or what mm-hmm. one company may be. So I do yeah. think like spending some time in like an investor seat. So like investing in similar companies that I'd be interested in working in would be helpful to like build out one mm-hmm. my sort of role decks of connections. I was like two of my mental models around like what works, what sort of team dynamics work, who are similar type of founders I like to work for, et cetera. Yeah, that makes sense. And I think that's a really good answer too. I um I share some of those sentiments as well um, in terms of the end goal and how I'm going to get there. Um, but yeah, those were all my questions, Oba. This is now a chance for you to like plug anything. It could be Head Starts, like TikTok page, your own like TikTok page. Uh, and if you have any parting advice, like now's your chance. Yeah, um, I would definitely say for all the freshmen, sophomores listening, definitely follow us on LinkedIn. Our applications close on the 31st. I'm not sure if this will be up before then. I'll try to get it out. <laughs> if this is up before that, be sure to submit your application. It can be found on our website, headstarfellowship.com. If you want to follow us on Instagram, also at headstarfellowship. Um, you can add me on LinkedIn. My LinkedIn is my name. So that shouldn't be too hard to find. Um, I'll say like as far as parting advice, I think uh, life is like a pretty long journey. A lot of us get pretty like hell bent on certain things and stuck in like certain moments, but like we're all going to get rejections. We're all going to make mistakes. Like we're all going to have to bounce back from certain things. So I really just like keep focused on the long-term sort of objectives and like usually compounding over a long period of time ends up beating being right for a short period of time. So I'll say that's kind of like my, uh, my parting advice. I agree with that. I think that's great advice. Well, thank you so much, Ova. Take care. Thank you for hopping on. Sounds good. Have a good one. Once again, thank you so much for listening to the Young Money Podcast. If you yourself or someone you know would be interested in coming on speaking on this podcast, please email cmpingale at gmail.com and I'll be more than glad to see what I can do.